Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. Hey, Dave, how are you this week? I'm great, Peggy. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Did you, uh, by chance, catch the big wedding on Saturday? No. No, I did not. There was something much more important on Saturday, Peggy. There was, yes. Yes. (laughs) Would you care to share it with the audience? (laughs) It was my birthday. It was your birthday. It was my birthday, yes. Happy birthday, Peggy. Thank you very much. It was a very nice day because my kids woke up early to watch the royal wedding with me. So Was it everything you hoped it would be? I wore my tiara, and that is not a joke. <laughs> I had no idea that no, you were this into, into, into worshiping other human beings in another country. It's not really worshiping them. It's just, it's exciting, and we don't have it here. I, you listen, I would get up that early probably to watch anybody's wedding. I just, I love seeing that kind of, of good news finally on television, right? Well, so. it was certainly better than the news that we got on Friday as I was, I was in Texas and as I was leaving, then got all the reports about yeah. Santa Fe, Texas. So you're right. It's definitely better than that. Yes. So, you know, I will, I will take a nice classic love story over that. Although I do have to say that the wedding did make me chuckle because it made me think that you were kind of the reason that I'm still not legally married in this country, Dave. Why is it my fault? Because you never signed the paperwork. <laughs> well, you never sent it to me. You were there. It's on my list of things to do. So <laughs> Okay, well, next time we're together, maybe we should do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, at this point, it's almost, you know, it's, Scott and I have been married in the Caribbean now for, what, 14 years. and uh, I think this is good, though. I think this allows you to leverage multiple different types of anniversaries. So at 10 years, you know, you've got two 10-year anniversaries. You've got two 20-year anniversaries. So if you play this right, there's more stuff in it for both of you. Double the cupcakes. <laughs> Double the cupcakes. That's right. And I'm very sorry that your birthday ended with a, or was it? Yeah, last night, a capital's loss. I'll just shoot me now. I know. And, and you know, they were ahead 2-0 two, two in the series. Yes. And now now it's 3-2. And it's just, yeah. They're in it's trouble. It's a dark, dark day in the Chenoweth household today. It's always, it, they're always in trouble, Dave. I love the Caps, but they're always in trouble. They always do this. And, yes. and we talked about it. It's not a matter of if they're going to blow it. It's a matter of how drastically and how brilliantly they're going to blow it this year. Well, there's lots of there's lots of opportunity for them to do that uh, yeah. in their next game. Yeah, I know, I know. Don't remind me. All right, all right. So we have a guest today, Peggy. We do. I am so excited to welcome Max McGill to Amped. Hey, Max. Hey, what's up? Thank you guys for having me. Of course, we're thrilled to have you. So for those who haven't figured it out. Max is my son, and we're going to do a few different things today. We're going to talk with Max a little bit. Um, actually, for most of the podcast, we're going to talk with him about his experience growing up with a parent with limb loss, i.e. me. And, um, you know, this is something, Peggy, I actually interviewed Max several years ago for my blog at the time. I think I interviewed everyone in my family um, and wrote about it, but Max just turned 20, and so it seems like a particularly appropriate time to uh, get the perspective of someone who had a parent who had limb loss his entire life. Max doesn't know me with uh, two lower limbs 
biological lower limb. So we're going to go through that. We're going to talk with Max also about some advocacy work that he did back when the uh, LCD fiasco was going on in 2015, when Medicare was trying to radically rescale coverage for prosthetics. And then we're going to talk to Max about his real passion, which is music. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit. But those of you who are longtime listeners know, Max actually recorded the theme music for Amped. And he's got some new stuff going on that we're going to share with everyone. Very, very exciting. Max, thank you for taking time out of your busy Sunday. I know that today was a big day uh, in your world because you launched a single. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule uh, to talk to us. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, of course. Thanks for thanks for having me. I, there's there's nothing better to do right here than to you know promote it and talk about like actually important things. So let's get into it. Awesome. <laughs> So I want to know, um, so you never knew your dad without, without a prosthesis, just like my boys don't know a mom with two legs, right? So do you know, do you remember the moment you realized that, that something about your dad was different than maybe your friend's dad's? Um, I mean, I remember like specific when I was young, um, like kind of the, the quirky things, like just the, the techie kind of things with his legs, like, you know, and he'd flip the leg upside down and, you know, I'd show it to my class in like first grade, I think as early as first grade, something like that. So those were the times where it like really stood out as, you know, obviously being different enough to make all the other kids like, you know, blink an eye at it. And I remember being really annoyed when other kids my age or younger would kind of point and stare because they didn't understand. Um, those were most of the things that stood out. But growing up, like in the house, it was never really anything that stood out to me. It was just kind of like it, it just wasn't there ever. Didn't really think about it. I always asked about the story, but, you know, I always got kind of the same answer. So, <laughs> which is <laughs> the story stays the same. Which is like, yeah, I, I don't really remember too much of it, Max. So, I can't really tell you that much. Interesting. Do do you um do you feel like kids kind of maybe treated you differently because you had a dad who used a prosthesis or was that kind of just a non a non issue in your friend circle? Um honestly it wasn't really anything that really changed um how I was treated at least um I don't you know my dad was always the, the coach of our sports teams and stuff like that. So it never really got in the way. And it was, it was more a thing that I think kids were kind of interested in. And everyone knew that I had a dad with one leg, you know, cause they saw him at the, uh, you know, school functions, like the field days and all that stuff. So, um, but it, it was, it was never something that was like, you know, verbally negative towards me. And, um, it's only just, you know, I would just get more agitated when people would just kind of like I would see people respond kind of physically to it. Yeah. So that why, bothers, why did that upset you? Yeah. Um, just when I was young, I didn't like, I obviously understood it cause I was growing up, growing up with it, but I didn't understand that, um, you know, other kids and, and they were younger too. I remember like specific examples of kids. They were, you know, probably like six or seven with their parents kind of just pointing and really had no idea what was, uh, what they were looking at. So it was more just kind of like, I don't know. It kind of in a defensive way, but um, it it's it. I don't know. It's something that you know. Quickly after I talked to my dad about it, and he said that you know he explained to me that they didn't understand and that it wasn't a big deal. And clearly, he was never phased by any of that. Then you know, I kind of figured that out, and 
it never really bothered me again. Very cool. So, Peggy, you your your boys have had similar experiences, right? They're they're protective of you when they see other kids staring. Yeah, that's the one thing that so it's um the temperature all of a sudden is skyrocketing in northern Virginia. So I've pulled out the shorts and I went uh, out with my twelve my soon to be twelve year old the other day wearing shorts for the first time. So you know, we kind of both have to get acclimated to, you know, the second glances and the stares again. And he was definitely in tune to, to everybody who was looking. Um, and it, it, it bothers him because I, I think he thinks it bothers me, but it doesn't. And I've had to talk with him about it. Um, but I think he just, again, it's just a protection where he, he kind of doesn't always want people staring at his mom. Yeah. So, I Max, think that makes what sense. I want to know. So my kids um, do things to me. It's not so, not not now that he's twelve, but my four year old definitely does it. Um, and Dave, maybe this this is more appropriate for you to answer. I want to know if Max ever did anything like hide your legs so that he could get a head start doing something <laughs> mischievous around the house. No. Um, but that may largely be a function of the fact that I'm an above knee amputee. So when he was younger, the prosthesis was bigger than he was. Okay. So it wasn't an easy thing to pick up and just disappear with. Um, and I will say that, and Max, I mean, you, you can vouch for this. I, I wear, a, I wear a motor powered knee now, which makes a ton of noise. So I do know that one of the experiences that my kids have is they've become completely conditioned to knowing whenever I'm within 30 yards of them because they can hear <laughs> That's it. That's true. You can't sneak up on them. <laughs> no. And I think once or twice. hear it anymore. Yeah. It's... I think once or twice I've actually turned it off and scared the bejesus out of them <laughs> by sneaking up on them because they're so, they're so acclimated to the noise that it's literally impossible for me to, to be with them if the noise isn't there. And so I, I have played with that. I know a few times. There is an older model too that you had that was like more of a plastic one. It wasn't as like, you know, yes, as, as it wasn't as nice as the one you have now, but uh, it was much louder too. We thought it was, we called it the stormtrooper leg, me and Jackson. That was the, uh, that was the original 2003 version of the powered knee. Yep. I, I remember, remember that, that one. Yeah, that was loud. That was a beast. It was a big device. And that was before it started to climb stairs, right? Uh, that one actually did climb stairs. Oh, did it? Yeah. Or it allowed least, me to climb stairs. I know stairs. for a while you didn't do it. Right. Correct. <laughs> and then you got used to it. Yep. Yep. That's right. So, Max, have you ever used your dad's limb loss maybe as an excuse uh, to not do something that, that you didn't particularly want to do or to get out of something? Um. No, I can't say that that's true. Uh, I don't know if this is any better. I mean, I, I kind of I use it as it, we use it, we joke with him sometimes because he could take it. Well, kind of, you know, my dad will be like, like just before he's like, hey, can you run upstairs and grab the mic? And I'll be like, come on, dad, you have two legs. Like you could do it. Like, because that's normally what, he's, what he says to me. So it's kind of like that. I, I don't really use, use it as an excuse. No, um, me, Jackson could attest to this too. And again, I don't, this is, this is not a great thing, but whenever like, <laughs> Are the people who most people know now, like who you are, and, and as soon as they meet you, they they see uh, your leg. But uh, people that don't know, or like you know, if they accident, I don't know if they're like, yo, I would, I could just cut my legs off right now. I'm so tired. Like me and Jackson will be like, hey, like you know, take it easy, and, and people, you know, <laughs> yeah. So 
Jackson. But never, never to get ahead of you, just to kind of mess with other people. Yeah, Jackson and Max have specialized the art of when someone makes a reference to amputation, not knowing that their dad is an amputee, they act very offended. Quickly shut it down, though. We quickly shut it. We, I'd never make anyone feel that bad. But I'd, it's just, it's the immediate like, hey, man, like, watch it. And then I'm like, no, no, I'm just kidding. We joke with them all the time. And then people are like, you joke with him about that? I'm like, yeah. Well, it's part of your life. He could, I don't know, he could take it too. That's that's yeah. that's a, a big part of it, I'm sure. I, I'm definitely allowed to joke about it. And also, you so would, what, I mean, we wouldn't joke about it if you didn't joke about it, so that's another right. thing. What, what I'm learning so far through this podcast, Dave, is that I think your kids are much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't necessarily. I don't, know how we, mine, I don't know how I just made it sound better in any way. Mine... Mine have both stolen my leg um, to get like ice cream from the freezer to get a head start on me. So then I have to look for my leg. I found my leg. My swim leg was missing for about a year and a half. And I found it in the woods because Robbie, who was now 12, but at the time was much younger, thought that it would be a good raccoon trap. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, That's disturbing. And um, he has been known to tell me, listen, we're going to go to this party, but if I scratch my head three times, start the limp and let's get out of here. (laughs) Nice. Nice. That's good. Yeah. So he's thinking strategically. He's showing good critical thinking. He does. (laughs) He also, he also has um, learned that it's a great conversation starter when he's in a new situation with new people that he he's trying to, you know, he's not real good about kind of opening up from the gate, but he is real quick to bring out, you know, my mom's got one leg. <laughs> yeah, Caroline always jumps at your pant leg and pulls it up. Yeah, my daughter's my daughter's the worst. She she had a friend over a few months ago who didn't know me. And we get, so I picked them up in the car. I'm obviously not, I didn't get out of the car, right? So I'm just sitting in the car. We get out and Caroline races around the car and lifts up my pant leg and looks at her friend and goes, look at my dad's leg. To which I responded, yes. Or you could just say, uh, this is my dad. Would you like to see, he wears a prosthetic leg. Would you like to see it? <laughs> I was just going to give her credit too and say she hasn't done it in a while. But Oh no, this was just <laughs> only a few months ago. It's good. Priceless. So let me ask you this, Max. Um, I always worried that I I made a big deal when I was, especially as a younger amputee, I made a big deal out of not making any excuses and, um, do, you know, trying to do everything it was that I always did before to the extent that I could. And I always worried that with you in particular, but also Jackson, that, um, I harbored no excuses from you guys. It was, you know, the sort of how can you tell me you can't do that? I've only got one leg. Um, so suck it up. And is that something that actually, A, from your perspective, I did? And B, if I did, was it positive or negative? Because I've always worried that that would be something that would be kind of unfair to dump on the kid, but I suspect I did it. I actually don't really remember you doing that too much. I feel like it was more of like an unspoken thing. It's kind of like, um, it kind of, I don't know, it Definitely, because we're around it all the time, it kind of, at least for me, kind of constantly puts it in perspective. But I don't think there, I can't really think of a circumstance where ever really where you were, you like, I don't know, where you used it in that way. And we're like, you know, well, don't complain about this because, you know, I've got it, you know, like this, you know, you've never really been one to do that with anything. So um, I can't, I don't really think that there was 
anything that you ever said to me that implied that, but you, but it definitely like constantly gets us, you know, at least me and Jackson thinking about like, you know, how it, different it could be and it puts it in perspective in that way. So it's like a positive like lesson as opposed to, I don't know, it being a burden in ways. It was never a bad thing. Well, that's good. I feel like I haven't completely screwed you up. I mean, I screwed you up in plenty of other ways, but <laughs> not that way, at least. That's awesome. Uh, so, Max, I want to know, um, you really, you came to uh, the forefront in, in a movement back in 2015 where you really rallied behind not only your dad, but the limb loss community as a whole uh, to promote uh, a petition that your dad started. Can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, I just, I, I didn't really know if it would, you know, get anywhere, but I was just thinking, um, when, when my dad explained it to me, it kind of seemed a little too crazy to just be something that was happening and not really being talked about. Like nowadays with social media, you see, as soon as, you know, rights are being, um, at risk, like it's, you know, or maybe not all of them, but they're immediately talked about, you, you know, and that one, I feel like at least for, you know, me as a kid and like other people my age, like we had no idea that that was going on. And that's something that, you know, could have been something that went viral and went around like, Hey, you know, this needs to be talked about. And I mean, clearly it was because the, the petition reached its, its, its target. But, um, I just wanted, I was just thinking maybe if it came from a different perspective and, um, came, you know, from like a a kid's, you know, story growing up with a dad um, who was an amputee and kind of explaining how different it could be and how it's a, you know, it would really negatively impact that entire community. I thought, you know, in some small way, at least maybe it could just help reach a new audience or, you know, be a little bit just more accessible for people as opposed to kind of it being like, I don't know if they don't want to sit and read that entire petition thing, you know, there's just a quick video that could sum it up a little bit. Yeah. And, and the backstory on this is all of this craziness is going around. Peggy, you and I are up to our eyeballs in that fight. And Max comes into me one afternoon and he said, Hey, do you think that like, if I just shot a video talking about the issues that that would be helpful? And I said, Oh yeah, that would be great. And two and a half hours later, he came back to me (laughs) with a full video shot and, you know, put to music the whole nine. And it was like, he said, what do you think? I said, I think it's really good. And once we, once we put it up there, um, it really did start spreading like wildfire. I think you got, you got called by a producer from CBS, right? I think it was NBC actually, but yeah, yeah, there was, there was a, and then what wound up happening, I think was people actually went and used his contact from the comment. So when we actually got in touch with him, uh, he had already moved past us and got in touch with somebody else, but other people from the amputee, I guess that whole world had seen the video and saw the comment and got in touch first. But, um, yeah, I didn't. You know, it's kind of funny, like I had put on a lot of music videos and a lot of stuff like that. And that video very quickly became like the most viewed video I had ever to this day, like I ever put out. So I don't know what it's at now, but (laughs) got to check. Well, I I remember when when your dad sent me that video and we started pushing it out. And it was it was really profound because in that moment, you know, we were both kind of screaming at the top of our lungs that everybody needs to act and it was so great to have somebody come in who you know like you said from a completely different perspective and a different age group coming in kind of just laying it out like listen yeah 
you may not be an amputee, but somebody that you know might be, my dad is, uh, you might become an amputee in the future, and this is why you need to care. I think it was really, really awesome. And I, I, know, it, I know that that really helped push the petition. And one of the cool th- yeah, and one of the cool things about it, Peggy, was, you know, Max, obviously, he was playing a lot of music and had most of his followers on social media were through his band. And I remember seeing all of the responses from these people who were signing the petition. It's a bunch of, you know, at the time, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids who, you know, none of whom have limb loss or are really connected to limb loss and just sort of flocking to social media and signing the petition and shouting it out and spreading the word, which was really cool. And it's yeah, it probably would have even maybe... been bigger nowadays too. Yeah, not, yeah, it would have definitely spread even quicker if we had the you know the social media we have now and how quickly things spread with polls and things like that. It's just it could have been completely different. We only used one well, platform. Let's too, hope really. we don't we have to go two. that way and find out. <laughs> yeah, yes. very true. Yes. <laughs> So one of the things that, Max, you've contributed to AMPS specifically, so you you did general stuff for the limb loss, limb difference community that was really important, but you've also helped us along the way. So when Peggy and I started this podcast years ago, um, you know, we would just open it up and start talking and we kind of had no music. And the more podcasts I've listened to, the more I realized that actual high quality podcasts have intro and outro music. And so I asked you, hey, would you record an intro and outro for us. And kind of like you did with the video, you just said, sure. And you disappeared into your room and came back to me and said, what do you think? And I played it for Peggy and I think Peggy, you liked it. And so now the, the intro and outro music for Amped is courtesy of you. So uh, talk a little bit about, you know, how do you even, I give you a project like that. How do you even know where to begin? Um, well, I think you, I kind of asked what the feel you were thinking of was. And I, I can't remember how you described it, but I remember getting kind of just the uh, kind of garage rock kind of vibe from what you were telling me, kind of something simple and short, but I don't, that went, that kind of fit with the name of the podcast too. So um, I didn't really want anything that was too polished and um, kind of just started with, you know, where most of the music we listen to, at least that like, you know, you had me grow up on is, just basic four chord, you know, rock music. And so that's kind of where I started for that and just followed along uh, the drums to the melody of the guitar. And uh, I wanted to make it, you know, kind of funky. So it wasn't too basic. And, you know, that's where the little pick slides and the harmonics and the right in the middle of the, of the intro and outro is. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I, I thought we may need to go through a couple of different versions, but um, after you liked the the first one, then, you know, I guess that was perfect. So we didn't have to go any further than that. <laughs> and did the uh, did the tagline at the end where where you whispered "amped" was that in the original? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was, and I remember muting it because I wasn't sure if you were going to like it. Um, I I didn't. I remember you telling me you were like, just try to record it in a bunch of different ways and and see how it was. And I was trying to make it sound not creepy and just kind of <laughs> very quick and I don't know, make it sound legit. So I don't know if it really sounds like me, which is what I like about it. So I kind of just tried to. Amped. Really quick. <laughs> At the end of many podcasts, Peggy will after you say amped, Peggy will go, Amped. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's become a, a notable thing. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it at least. 
Yes, we, we sometimes we, we've had to apologize to our listeners because sometimes the mic picks up the noise of us both grooving to the theme song. <laughs> Very professional of us. Let me ask you another question because um, in, in talking about growing up with me with one leg, the very first live, I think the first live musical performance you did in public, you insisted that I play drums for you, even though I'd never played drums. Yes. So let's go back. So that was ninth grade? Uh, I think end of ninth yeah, grade? Yeah, end of ninth grade. And so... Why did you think that having a one-legged guy play drums was a good idea? Who had never played drums before? I didn't really, I, I didn't really think about it at all. I, this, no, no, uh, I don't want this to be negative to you at all. I, I didn't have anybody else that could play the drums. I didn't, didn't know anybody. I was new in the district. I had my friend Phil, and he played the bass, and I played as much guitar as I could, and. I was like, "What? Who else is here?" Basically. We played an hour and a half set. Dude. We played more than that, I think. We played somewhat like twenty-five songs that night, and uh, yeah, we we got through them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely got through them. Yes. What you learn from that, Peggy, is if you have one leg as an AK and you play the drums and you've never played them before, you keep it real. Oh, trust simple. me, the drums were not the worst part of that show. <laughs> believe me, <laughs> there was there was uh, much room to improve on on all ends like in tune guitars and such. Yeah. True. True. But you've you've improved since then and now you have a new band and you just dropped a new single. Yes, I so hope we've improved that, since then. <laughs> I think that's a good kind of lead way into that discussion. Tell us about your band. Uh well my band is called The Deep End. Um we or me and uh, my guitar player Tyler started it about 2 years ago and for the first year we were just kind of working with different drummers and trying different things out and kind of, it was mostly just a text relationship. We didn't really get too much off the ground because we couldn't find a consistent group of people. And uh, this second year we've just been really kind of quietly trying to just be really tight and get good uh, in the practice studio and uh, be working on a lot of music. So that way when we're, we were ready to just come out there, we could have, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that we could just throw out at people. So um, we just set this date because we could, you know, take all the time in the world working on it since we produced it ourselves. So we just needed to get it out there before people got bored of just seeing our posts without hearing us. So, uh, we're just happy to have it finally be out there. So the sound of what you're doing now is radically different than what you've done in your previous bands. So what, what do you think, you know, what are the big differences for, and why? Um, I think it's actually kind of interesting. Actually, the, the different drummers that we started playing with for this band, kind of each of them gave me like a different musical influence throughout that, that process or, or almost all of them. Uh, so I kind of drifted from just being interested in pop punk to listening to these other bands. Cause I would start to write things and, you know, one of the drummers would be like, Oh, that's cool. You know, it actually kind of sounds like this band, like you, you would probably really like them. And then I'd listen to them and, you know, feel like, where have they been? Like, this is exactly what I want to do. And um, that kind of just kept happening. And then it was just, we were looking at like all these different sounds and I was like, why don't we just use all of them in our own way and like, you know, do something new as opposed to just doing the same thing that we've heard a million times. And luckily uh, our band members were on board with the same thing and we wanted, you know, just be surprising all the time. So we thought uh, this would be the perfect song just to start with because it's definitely weird. And uh, I think it'll be, uh, 
it'll just be different. I don't think people will expect like how the rest of our musical sound. And I think that'll be interesting to see as we put it out. How did you come up with the name for your band? Oh <laughs> yeah. So that was Great question, such Peggy. a long process. Um, we went through a bunch of different ideas and um, we were too afraid to jump into it. Cause I've had some bad band names in the past and I, you know, I don't want to feel embarrassed saying the name of my band on stage. So we were, we were really serious about it. And uh, it, it's, it actually started because we, we were as desperate as we needed to look on Instagram and see what accounts were open, basically just under, you know, like usernames. And there's this one username called uh, just depend. And that was it. And uh, we thought it looked cool. So we were like, all right, like maybe we could, you know, reach out to that account. They don't have any posts. Maybe we could buy the you know, the account name off of them just cause it's one word and it, you know, may be cool. And, uh, cause you know, I thought we could tie it into some song names and make it relevant. And then, uh, we found out that depend, what is it? Depend or depends. Yes. They're uh, adult diapers. So <laughs> I, yes, I, they are. I actively steered him away. I'm like, you do not want to be called depend and, because you will become the adult diaper band. And then we were thinking about it and the, the song was called heavy water. And it just so happened that like a lot of I write a lot about water. Like a lot of my lyrics are kind of just uh, about water and in metaphorical ways about water. I don't, I, I don't know. It's someone I'm kind of interested in, I guess. And uh, then someone suggested uh, Thomas, actually someone that I produced. Uh, he suggested, he's like, Hey, you should split that up into the deep end. Why not? Why not that your music's deep? Like it's about water. <laughs> it's that's perfect. And, I, and then I thought about it a little bit more and I looked at, you know, a lot of the lyrics of, the collection of songs we have and it, it worked out really nicely so i talked to the guys about it and uh we wanted something bold and simple and we we jumped with that so you wrote all of the lyrics and all the music for the song yep yep we uh this was one that i had done before the band was like really all put together so they they added finishing touches on the song my band members but uh up up until then we, we hadn't been writing as a group but now we're starting to write as a group more so so how do you actually like where do the ideas come for songs and how are you how are you actually putting songs down on paper like what's your process um for that one i think i was kind of when i was writing that song i still thought i was in my last band which is called cheap shots which is pop punk band so i was kind of thinking that this would be more of a side project and that I could just be more experimental and not really ever have to put it out or anything like that. Um, so I kind of just started with the guitars and, you know, was screwing around with shapes that might just be easy to play and uh, sound interesting, basically, that uh, might just be fresh and different, nothing like too fast and nothing too slow. And then um, I wanted to make sure it wasn't too boring. So I just wanted to have a lot of conflicting, like, you know, quiet parts into really heavy, loud parts, and then abruptly into quiet parts again. And I, I wanted something that sounded kind of like water. So the the pre-chorus, I was kind of trying to use a lot of open strings and open uh, chords to, you know, give that effect off and have some kind of chorusy harmonies in there. And just kind of, it was my first time really trying to write to give it just an overall feel and atmosphere. So um, that was that was it. It kind of it happened really quickly. It, it's I find that like some of the the songs that I like the most that I write are the ones that happen the easiest. And that one didn't really have too many changes up until uh, the very end where we added one more guitar to the second pre-chorus to make it sound more kind of water-like. And um, yeah, and that that's basically it. That one, it actually didn't take too long. It was just kind of one of those things that just happened. Awesome. And for everybody that's listening, Max, how can they find 
the song and your band? Um, so the song is available on every online streaming platform, I believe, right now. Um, we're still trying to get it. I think Amazon Music is the only one that's that's having an issue. So we're figuring that out. And we're on Instagram at thedeepend.li. We're on Twitter at thedeepend underscore li. And we're on Facebook as The Deep End. And I think that's that's all of them right there. Cool. Well, instead of Peggy, our normal amped outro with Max's theme song, followed by the Whispered Amped, um, this week we're going to go out and let everyone hear Heavy Water, the new single from The Deep End. We hope people like it. And Max, thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. You too. All right, Peggy. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
Amped.